I remember um, many years ago, um, I was sitting on the long uh, retreat at the Insight uh, Meditation Society in Massachusetts, in, in uh, the USA. And um, it was a few weeks uh, in the retreat. And um, so, you know, people were very uh, kind of uh, getting quiet and very diligent, you know, bodies moving slowly around, very attentive, very quiet, research center, everybody really busy with their research. You know, as we do often, eyes cast down, giving everyone the space to be in their own, to explore reality and the different phenomena. And uh, it was a, a great day and there was really strong wind, winds and um, very strong winds. And so as we were sitting uh, in the med hall very quiet, quiet, we could hear, you know, like even the sifflement, like shh, pretty high-pitched sound. And, and so they made, uh, the teachers made an announcement. They said, please do not go outside this afternoon because there's going to be uh, even more strong winds. So stay in. And so what did I do? Mm. <laughs> 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 I, I was uh, too curious. I, I went outside on the porch big columns and I just went to, to come outside and watch nature nature which often is a kind of a representation of the mind you know especially like this when I could recognize you know like a, it sounds like the, it seems like the heart and mind sometimes is like this you know so I was just watching and then I heard a sound I had never heard before and never heard after again. There was a, a very deep, large, loud, or maybe, m anyway, there was this <coughs> thing, and, uh, and I looked around, not knowing what this was, and uh, one of the very, very tall trees on the, on the, grounds there, trees that I've always seen there and looked uh, kind of eternal for me and been there, I don't know, probably for more than a hundred years for sure. And so one of them, I, I, I think it was in slow motion, <laughs> that's how I remember it, like went down like this and kind of uh, did this like this. And it was actually uh, blocking the driveway. I mean, this was a massive tree, like, like really, really big. And uh, it's, um, it's as if it opened a kind of a breach, would it be the word, like in my psyche. And it turned into kind of a symbol of uh, a few years back when I was in the doctor's office losing my health. Like this is what like seeing the tree fall, I saw my health or youth 
fall. It was kind of a representation of this. And I was like, you know, from a quiet, curious, quite stable mind, suddenly I was thrown in the abyss of grief for another round, you know. And my heart <coughs> sunk and hopelessness and heaviness and uh, so I was kind of revisiting uh, this maybe now a little bit more uh, equipped with some stability um, of mind some some willingness some uh, more courage to actually feel the um, tearing or the bottomlessness of that um, kind of um, sensation, emotion. Uh, And then I had to become really, really, really caring because there was a being that was defect, you know, the undone. I (laughs) I don't know the word, you know. But definitely there was a feeling there that was really strong. And and the the following days, I would, my mind kind of clung to the symbol. So I was hanging out with the dying or dead tree. So I would sit all day next to the tree, Mm -hmm. uh, close by or next to it my hand on it or some distance you know kind of um, again it was this symbol but there was uh, this accompanying this dying this accompanying this uh, kind of I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon you I'm gonna stay here I'm gonna you know attend that's what happens in minds minds are symbolic there they're archetypal, they, they can go in that, these uh, ways, that's some of the things, they, they, they have opinions, <laughs> they have preferences, but they can also turn things into symbols. And, and so, um, and then one of the staff, Brian, dear, dear man, uh, was given the task to actually cut the trees, to open the driveway again. So he was, um, with this, chainsaw cutting the tree <coughs> and making like bits of trees and I was so angry <laughs> like mm. how could you you know <laughs> but trying to hold all these emotions you know like oh anger really strong I'm mad at him <laughs> for cutting the tree <laughs> you know and also knowing you know like we're in, you're in archetypes and symbols you know <laughs> like don't blame him completely you know but uh, I'm laughing now, but I was not laughing then. It was extremely <coughs> uh, uh, kind of uh, intense. And there was no choice. Huh? It was not just like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this this week. Or, no need, it's just sim- symbols. There was no, this was what was happening, and I had to sh- attend. You know. And so, and it was, uh, yeah, very intense, and it, it was lasting, you know, over a few days. And... Uh, one day in the morning, as I was uh, going maybe like to the hall here, I had to cross the 
the dining hall where we, you can see through a window inside the kitchen. And, uh, and you know, walking slowly, slowly, slowly enough to peek inside <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> you know how we are, you know. Mm-hmm. Walking, turning, checking, who's walking where? You know. <laughs> you know, these kinds of things. The mind is quick, you know. It'll, it'll drop the, <laughs> the task at hand to gossip, even in silence. <laughs> and so... Uh, and so, uh, so I kind of looked, and I just saw a table with uh, bell peppers, red, orange, yellow, green. And I knew exactly what it meant, because I had been there enough to know what it meant. And anyway, so grieve, grieve, sitting outside, grieve. I was sitting on the bench there by the, by the main front door with the tree, dramatic. And then the bell rang, the bell of the lunchtime. And for a second, you know, my body stood up, and in my mind there was just one word, pizza. (laughs) (laughs) My whole body stood up, pizza, and I turned towards the door, you know, and the grief fell back in, you know, like I remembered the grief. You know, I had abandoned it for for a moment through sense desire, you know. <laughs> and uh, and suddenly, like heavy, you know, hopeless forever grief. <laughs> but it had been shaken by the kind of the complete absence for a moment, the pizza moment had poked a hole in the seeming solidity of mind states. And uh, I had to, you know, kind of grief was falling back on this whole system, heavy. I, I was attending to it. I had to attend to it. But somehow there was a slight difference I had seen how actually, although it appeared, was really felt, sensed, uh, perceived as really heavy and, you know, had duration, was really uh, there, you know. I had seen how actually light and ephemeral, how mirage-like it was, completely convincing mirage. But still, there was a moment where it was absent from the mind. For a split second, enough to shake my view of it. And after it seemed like I was more able to attend to it, you know, the fog was there, back. I could attend to it. But my strong belief in its solidity and forever duration had been shaken. And uh, now I didn't know anymore how long it would last, but I knew it was felt as heavy and as, uh, I don't know if oppressive, yeah, I think so, oppressive. Uh, clearly needing attention. So not, uh, it didn't make me cynical, you know, ah, 
that, you know, it, uh, it made me really, really careful, but also there was something about it. And so, this is the instruction, uh, instructions of the Buddha. Notice the presence, notice the absence, notice the arising, notice the passing of all these things, aspects of life that we've been talking about. So these are the instructions. The posture of the body. Uh, sitting, she knows she's sitting. She knows she's sitting. She knows when the, the, this posture is uh, present. And she knows when this posture is gone. Uh, mind states. Not only are we invited to be aware of mind states, but the arising, the ten intensificating uh, of the uh, the intensifying of the mind state, <coughs> the listening, the fluctuations in the mind states. You know, you're sitting here angry. You know, anger becomes murderous rage for a peak, few peak moments, and whoops collapses back down to muted anger, you know. Uh, and if we stay around a little bit, some other fluctuation will reveal itself. If we're very, we have close attention, I wouldn't be surprised we would see the complete collapse of some mind states, at least for a moment. When the mind suddenly thinks, you know, did I shut the light down? You know, or in a gossiping moment, thank for them. <laughs> you know, where we get out of our something to <laughs> be interested by how much food is this person taking. You know, and uh, and so we're invited here to track the movements in every in every phenomena that we tend to perceive as solid. So. We talked about this uh, earlier today here, the sense of self. You know, let's imagine we would have like a few months to just track that. What discoveries we would make about the sense of self. We'd go from worthy to unworthy, to self-righteous, to doubtful, you know, uh, and all of these. And so, th these are the instructions of the Buddha around mind states, around activities of the body. And so to notice the appearance and the disappearance, the uh, flickering nature of these things, how they, uh, <coughs> impressions in the mind flicker, you know. Uh, our attention needs duration. It needs to be stable, and it needs also to... Uh, have, have duration. So here on the retreat, what we call the secret of retreat, do you know the secret of retreat? It's an open secret. It's shared at every retreat. <laughs> 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 But thanks to memory, we don't know what the secret is. <laughs> we forgot. <laughs> the secret of uh, practice on retreat probably does apply in life. The secret is con. Continuity. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so the continuity means 
uh, as we're sitting here, we uh, keep stabilizing the attention. When the bell rings, that really powerful transition moment, we keep the practice in a way seamless. So we hear the bell ring, we feel the body, body release the posture, we are aware that the eyes are now open, that light is coming in and form. And if there is a passage of relief or discouragement, oh no, or walking, you know, we are aware of it and the body unfolds, we know this, <coughs> you know, pushes the door, whatever it does, and then until we reach the walking uh, path, and then it just keeps going. And like this, we can think of blocks of practice. So the morning is a whole block until lunch, and the afternoon a whole block, and the evening another uh, place to see. Uh, so stop uh, mm -hmm. saying like, this is a walk, this is a sit, but bring them now at this point in the retreat, bring them together and say, let me keep this going in the best way that I can. How did I cross the flood? Asks the, the Buddha to his disciple. You're wondering how I crossed the flood. I crossed the flood without forcing, because I would get exhausted and be carried away. I crossed the flood, the flood of thoughts, emotions, impression, wants, uh, doubts, all these, the, the, the flood of pains. I crossed the flood by not forcing, not abandoning. Abandoning, I would collapse and be carried away. So this is talking about the wise effort here. That's kind of very, it's the art, huh? the science that was this morning, this afternoon. It's the art of meditation. <laughs> so the art of meditation is the right amount of, um, of uh, attention applied and applied so that it can be steady, that it's not exhausting. There's a kind of practice that we call stop and go. So I give, a, I give it a go, I'll try it, and then I abandon and go back to my habits of mind. And then I start again. Exhausting. The image used, you might have heard, is the launching of a rocket. To launch a rocket, it takes a lot of energy, apparently. I don't launch rocket often, <laughs> but so am I told. <laughs> so you launch the rocket, it takes a lot of energy to get it off the ground and away from gravity. And then, after, in the sky, apparently, you're 98% uh, off course. But you keep readjusting, 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 readjusting. Slight little readjustment. And then, oops, you end up on the moon. <laughs> Which, by the way, in the haikus, represents awakening. Huh? The thieves, they've taken everything except the moon and the window. So wise efforts, uh, effort here would mean uh, continuity, seamlessness, as much as possible, not more.
So for example, now if, we, uh, if I invite you to um, feel your hands and to feel now your um, eyelids or eyes. And maybe come back to the hands. Okay. How exhausting is that? It's quite light. Huh? It's quite light. So this is what we're doing here. We're just touching on things that are already there. Uh, attention has this quality of being able to appear here, appear there. We don't have to drag it. It doesn't w- you know, wait a ton. You know, it just can touch what's there. The hand, the coldness, the breath. What's exhausting is the, you know, neurosis. <laughs> These are more exhausting than anything else. The opinions, the wants, the doubt. Am I going to succeed? You know, what's going to be left of this? This, this is exhausting. So this comes from Joseph, and I bring it to almost every retreat. Not this, this belongs to Mihael. Um, and this too, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> but uh, this image here. So, uh, so we come to retreat, and we give value to... Presence, uh, mindfulness, I use them synonymously. Uh, awareness, attention. So we give value to this, so we try to establish it. So we, s- I'm going to be attentive. And then, oops, it slides. Yeah, but if I had started earlier in my life. You know. <laughs> and then we remember, and we establish presence again. And then, I wonder <laughs> when I go back home, people are going to recognize that I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> Because I sure put a lot of time into it, <laughs> you know. And then, oh, I got caught in my thoughts, so I come back. What's happening here now? Noticing, oh, sitting, oh, breathing, oh, sweet light. Just noticing, staying here, and then, oops, sideways, sideways. And we have to. It seems like it takes an effort, no, to come back. Does that look like your day yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> And because um, the primary cause of a moment of mindfulness, do you know what it is? Did I ask the question here? What is the main cause of a moment of presence? Remembering? Yeah, that, that could be good. Remembering what? Remembering present time? Remembering mindfulness? <laughs> Remembering itself? Yeah. So, totally in the ballpark. So, in the text, Visuddhimaga, uh, I think, a thousand years ago, I think, it says the primary cause of a moment of mindfulness is a prior moment of mindfulness. That's really important information. So, here, as we put moments of awareness like this, you know, and start over again, we're creating a momentum. The moments of mindfulness are not isolated. There is neuroplasticity, is another way to put it. 
we're actually developing something. And so we put effort, effort, it feels like it's uh, leading nowhere, in a way, you know, I have to start from scratch again and again. <coughs> and at some point what happened during the retreat, at different time in different forms, you might have experienced this today, and it might over the next few days, at some point when the conditions are right, it's conditional, it's not just will, will, e- effort, is one of the conditions, not the only one, unfortunately, but it's one of the conditions, like this, like this, at some point, there's a returning of the ball, like this. And so the image here is that attention becomes for a little while established. And so it doesn't slide easily like this. It's, at the, it's there, it's, it, it's the default setting. And sometimes suddenly there will be a, oh, but in the past, and we can come back. It's e- it becomes easier, and we tend to stay a bit around. And so, and this is a, a result, of very much so, of the application of mind again and again on the simple task of noti- noticing, feeling, sensing. Yeah, and at some point it's established. So how it uh, will feel like would be that as you're walking outside, there will be a few steps where suddenly you went, and I'll use this distinction from uh, Gil Fransdahl, he calls, or maybe at some point did, mindfulness as the kind of intention to be attentive. So mindfulness is kind of this effort, intention to be present. And then he calls awareness something that is more established, that seems natural. So here we're putting on the effort, mindfulness, mindfulness we could say, and at some point it becomes awareness. And so for a few steps, there won't be a need to gather the attention. It'll be gathered. And so the, the mind will be there as this, the feet, feet lift and moves and lands, and then the next one, the mind will be there with this uh, experience. So concentration, gathered, unified mind, you know. And then it becomes uh, kind of easeful. It can happen here, maybe with the breath. You're here with the breath, and suddenly it's effortless. The breath is known, you know, (coughs) spontaneously or easily or naturally, or, you know, it lands in the middle of the experience. There's nothing else to do than to recognize that it's there. It can happen also around, uh, I don't know, you might leave the hall here and you're there suddenly for 30 seconds in a row, completely present as the body turns the corridor, discovers the local kind of light, you know, or temperature, and turns the other corner. And, whoops, it was established for a moment. It could be for a few seconds, several minutes, even a part of the day. I like this image because in these moments there, uh, the mind is secluded. It's a very uh, positive experience of the seclusion. We could use another syn- uh, uh, word saying the mind is protected. It's protected from the hindrances. They can't come in. The door is closed momentarily. For a few moments, the mind 
it will not appear in the mind that it th that the mind could want something else that door has closed because it's in complete uh, contact with reality it's really experiencing reality fully and so drops away the possibility momentarily the possibility to want something else to not want what is there to doubt am i doing right should i do differently you know this falls away the too low energy oh no another walk another sit <coughs> not accept that kind of mind state not accessible the kind of mind state of agitated too much energy not possible to meet reality it's too shaky too much energy this not there anymore so in that moment there's no problem of energy and we're experiencing the thing it could be even with ache it's in a way it's irrelevant it's not just with the flower <laughs> although it can be you know it could be there and suddenly the mind doesn't position itself in relationship to the pushing or piercing it just is meeting it exactly as it is and uh, so there's not a fear of and wanting something else it it falls away for a few moments or more and this has a lot of information in it because we discover <coughs> another way to live you know we discover oh, wow it's the same reality but there's not the kind of uh, combative struggling relationship with it it's it's exactly like this cold like this warm like this we've put down the battle you know and in that that's quite surprising because our s belief system is that something should be fixed or something has worth later you know somewhere else when you know and then that falls away and it's just like this for a few moments <coughs> and so here humbly we're gathering the conditions not that we control all of them that wouldn't be reality in reality we don't control everything it's not part of what what happens but humbly we do our part to pay attention to pay attention we simplify so when an opinion comes at some point the mind becomes a little bit more flexible a little bit more pliable it's a quality of the mind you know where we can say, oh, it's a little harsh in here. Maybe a little kindness would help. And boop, there is some kindness available. The mind becomes suggestible in a very uh, positive way. You know, we can invite quality. So, if the mind wants to, uh, to, um, you know, would have the tendency, the habit of judging or, you know, offering is comments we, can we suggest that it's possible not to and then maybe it stops for a little while for a few seconds so that's what we're m doing here we're making these hearts and mind a little bit more malleable 
able, able to um, adapt to the situation, to the ache, to the uncertainty, to the discomfort, to the sadness, to the, you know, allow uh, the reality to be as it is. And so the the instructions of the Buddha on uh, the relationship to mind state is extremely simple. You know, when the mind is uh, scattered, they know the mind is scattered. When the mind is gathered, unified, calm, concentrated, they know the mind is concentrated. When the mind or heart is tied, I'm putting a paraphrasing here, but I think that's exactly what is said in the, you know, meant in the sutta. When the heart is uh, rigid, tight, one knows, oh, the heart is rigid, tight, or hard. Mm-hmm. When it's expensive, spacious, one knows. And so there's, there's not a big positioning, like, oh, it shouldn't be like this, it should be like this. Oh, no. Okay, heavy heart, heavy heart, feels like this. Allowing it to be known like this. Some of the mind state that are it's really important to recognize them as for what they are is the hindrances. You know, when there is uh, a wanting of something else, it's really important to recognizing for what it is, recognize to recognize it for what it is. We are so easily taken for a ride. You know, we feel that it's an expression of truth. You know, something else would be better. You know, and we're totally fooled and uh, caught, oppressed by that. So. What we do uh, here is a mind state often will tell a story, come with images. You know, if I was back home now, it would be so much better or whatever. So there's an imagery and there's a little kind of a character demon on the shoulder. It's over there. Your happiness is over there. You know, and we're like, oh, okay, okay, it's true. Okay, you know, and we do this, you know. And so here what we do is we turn around. <laughs> you know, the camera makes a kind of a... From what is fascinating, you know, this, you know, the other way I could feel, you know. Fascination from that, and then we turn and we notice here, what is happening here? Oh, here this somebody who's like this, you know. So we can notice how it feels instead of being just duped by the imagery. You know, we become aware. And how is it to be here now? Oh, you know, this desire to be somewhere else in the day or somewhere else on the timeline of the retreat, you know. If only we were Saturday night. (laughs) You know, that we want to really wake up to this because this is a frustration mechanism, you know. It creates only lack. You know, 
And, but we're fooled. We think it's talking about happiness when it's actually creating an immediate experience of lack. Doubt is very, um, very uh, insidious. Huh? It crawls in the mind, and uh, it's good to uh, one way maybe to work with doubt is to think of maybe two kinds of doubt. One that is a good one, good in s- in the sense that uh, it is onward leading, liber- eventually liberating, helpful, beneficial. And one kind of doubt that is debilitating. Its function is to stop. Stop the mind, stop the understanding, fog, you know. And it does that really, really well. The first kind that is uh, helpful is a kind of a not sure, but that has energy into it. I'm not sure if what Pascal says is right. Let me check it out. Do you see the movement in there? And the other one is like, oh, what should I do? Should I stay or should I go? <laughs> should I be with the breath of the nostril or the belly? Am I ever going to be able to succeed at this? I wonder if the other it works for them. You know, <laughs> And this mind state that leads nowhere huh, is the mode of transportation. That's Joseph, I think, quoting Jan, uh, what's his name? The Life of Pi, Jan... Yan. No. Anyway, that's not important. Doubt, the mode of transportation for uh, immobility. If you want to not move, (laughs) you know, take that mode of transportation. (laughs) You're going to go nowhere. (laughs) So it's good to recognize it when it's there. Because we can easily, like, totally be entrapped. It might look like the higher intelligence, you know, when it's actually not. Its function is to stop the search. And it does it really, really well. And so when it's there, we can recognize it. Just name it. Oh, doubt. Doubt. It has this quality. I recognize it. It's stopping the research, the investigation. You know, it's, it removes energy. Oh, yeah, I can feel it. Like, I don't have energy now to do the walking, or the sitting, or the being attentive, you know. It's depleting the energy. And so recognizing it, whoops, I'm back on track in a way, because I'm awake to the presently arisen mind state. I don't have to do anything else, just accompany doubt, in a way. So these afflictive, limiting mind states, they're, um, they're not easy to recognize because they, they're not there. Huh? They're, they're providing the vision. You know, they're, they're, um, yeah, they're, they're showing us, they come with perception, they alter perception. So they have a felt sense to them, you know, they might be oppressive in the chest, contracting, or they might be numbing, or create fire, or cold, or 
paralyzing. You know, they have features that we can recognize. That's part of our exploration is to recognize, oh, <gasps> fear does exactly this. Or that particular kind of fear does exactly this here or here. So we recognize that. And we might recognize also how it uh, changes the environment. You know, you know, benevolence in the mind, people, so touching. Impatience in the mind, people, so annoying. <laughs> you know, it changes the vision of self, of other, of future, of past, of here, you know, how it looks like. So we want to wake up to mind states like this. One little example from um, uh, last year, somebody practicing, I was teaching here in Europe, and uh, I don't know if you think like this here in Europe. (laughs) 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 Maybe only in North America. (laughs) 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 So uh, that's a world (coughs) vision right here. That's a perception right here. So anyway, I was uh, teaching around here. And uh, I really enjoyed the description in a small group of um, one person was saying, uh, they were reporting um, both, and, and this, this, this is really how it looks often, in the, how it feels often in, in practice, uh, when there's a kind of insight, we're gaining, uh, you know, regaining power, uh, where we have been disempowered by, by, you know, states of mind, by, uh, uh, so this person was kind of slightly amused and touched, you know, very touched by this. But um, she was saying, um, so I'm, uh, I'm sharing a room, she was saying this, I'm sharing a room with uh, two, o- two other women, I think. There's three of us in the room, I think. And uh, she was saying, so I'm laying on the bed at the break time, and I'm just trying to do the practice. The pr- what is the practice? Be aware of the posture of the body, be aware of the breath. You know, so she's like, I'm laying on the bed, aware that I'm lying down, aware of breathing. And there's this slight uh, sense, kind of uh, not recognized, half recognized, not fully recognized, but uh, later it will come together because of all these moments of attention. But so I'm laying there. And I feel like I'm the one that is the too much person in the room, you know? Like, if, there, if I wasn't there, there would be just these two women, and it would probably be good in terms of, like, size and, you know? It's too bad that I'm here, you know? Like, I'm, you know, it, it's half-conscious. It appears as truth, you know? It's factual. You know, I'm the one that is too much. So I keep... Paying attention, at some point, I'm walking outside back and forth. I'm in the sun. Uh, it's cold, and the sun brings a little warmth, and it's uh, agreeable. And I'm walking, and you know the building is creating a shadow on the whole area where we walk, so most other people are walking in the shade. And I'm walking, and kind of half-baked in sight. <laughs> you know? There's a sense that I shouldn't be there. I'm taking too much space. You know, I'm in the place where the sun is. Somebody else should be there. You know. But it's not totally recognized. But 
you know, sitting, paying attention, uh, walking, paying attention, turning, paying attention, this kind of tone, you know, that I shouldn't take that much space. Then I'm in the food line, and thinking, maybe I should have left other go first, maybe there's hungry people, and like I shouldn't be at this place in the line. Then I'm in the toilet, there's two toilets for 30-something people, you know, you know, move faster, you're using the space, you know. And then I go in the kitchen to help, and I feel like I'm in the way of the cooks, you know. And at some point it just comes together. Oh, there's a tendency here, (laughs) you know. And what appears as factual, kind of strong impressions, a sense that, a realization that I'm too much, taking too much space, suddenly, because of mindfulness, that vision is questioned. Is that true? Is that absolutely true? And now there's doubt, the good kind. Mm -hmm. You know, hold on, you vision. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a description of reality or are you Mara? Mm -hmm. You know, the afflictive emotions, uh, mind state, the limiting views that, uh, you know, are you friend or foe? You know, are you intelligence or confusion? And so, by paying attention, this person was reporting, you know, with uh, energy, kind of enthusiasm. I know it's going to come back. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it because <laughs> I want to catch it. You know, it's got me, but now <laughs> <laughs> the tables are, what's the expression? Are turning. And so, uh, and so that's one example, you know. I remember somebody else, I mean, I've seen so many of these, it's so beautiful. Somebody else was on retreat saying, you know, this, you know, I've sat four retreats now, I know this stuff, you know. So, they were describing sitting and walking and listening to the talk, like, come on, give me the deep stuff, you know. You know, kind of impatient slash arrogance. But for a couple of days, unseen. Probably was fluctuating, but there was a regularity to it. And this person says, I'm in the woods at the lunchtime, just walking in the woods. And I'm kind of walking. And suddenly, because of prior moment of showing up, you know, because this person was saying, you know, I, try, I do the walking, I do the sitting, but there's this impatience. It's unrecognized, it's unseen. It's, you know, it's, it's bugging, but it's not, yeah, there's no mindfulness about it. And suddenly in the woods, it be- comes into focus. It's been there the whole time, but it was hidden because I was believing in it, you know, being driven by it instead of aware of it, questioning it, investigating it. And so... At that moment, this person says, suddenly it was felt clearly. Impatience, arrogance. I think these might be my words. I can't remember what word this person put on this. But this person, deeply touched, said, I stopped there. And suddenly I saw. This is often 
what I bring to the people I love the most. This is what I bring to my children, <coughs> often. And here, a point of choice opens, huh? because he, now I know, now I'm conscious instead of being unconscious. And so, here there's a lot of hope, because now I've seen this, it's going to come back again, but I'm not going to be that fooled. I'm going to be able to say, oh, it's that attitude that I used to be entranced by, follow, led by. But now I can choose otherwise, you know, and re-align, redirect, re-say, actually, we're going to care here. We're not going to, you know, barge in. You know, we're going to bring humility, maybe. And so this is the kind of stuff that is happening in the retreat where we, this is called kusala akusala, wholesome, unwholesome. So we clarify in experience, not because there's a list, you know, I should be benevolent and not cruel and I should be this and not impatient, not like that. Here it's felt. We feel it from and we're shaken. These people are shaken by these discoveries, you know. That's what we call insight. Did you have a question or comment? A question about um, if there are some suggestions, because um, sometimes there is, there is a mood that I don't, it's foggy. Yeah. You know? And I can see, oh, it's, it takes me where it takes me, but I don't know what it is. Something yeah. Like that. And I know I got the experience in a retreat of time to build up where I did Sometimes I use the noting and I can hear my the tone of how I note, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the energy that's in it. Are there more kind of tricks to get uh, yeah. to get uh, uh, together? Mm. Yeah. I think uh, I you know, we're pretty much laying all the tricks <laughs> <laughs> every moment <laughs> I have <laughs> you know, <laughs> awareness of the body. Aware, you know, so, so we're getting this uh, this soul system sensitive. No, no, no. But I'm I'm um, I'm just recapping, recapitulating. But uh, so so you can you know like so there's a it's about something precise for you so or foggy. <laughs> yeah. So what we're talking about here is becoming more much more sensitive. So feeling because many of these emotions reside in the body also or have uh, impact in the body. So that, that's why be with the breath. Partly because the breath is a doorway to emotions. So being there will notice at some point how is the person attending to the breath. They're attending with desire for something else, with impatience or with calm. It, it will stand out. So awareness of the body uh, is uh, to help this uh, the slowing down, maybe I didn't voice it clearly, but here we were invited to voice, to, to slow down a little bit. So th- just to get out of our habits. So slowing down a little bit, mm-hmm. suddenly when my hand touched, instead of just opening the door habitually, slowing down will make me notice, oh, how's the person who's all, you know, pushing the door? They're rushing, you know? Ah, so I'll, uh, it'll become more clear. So, interested in mind state, we talked about this, so we 
we're becoming curious together. We're saying, hey, let's be attentive to the mind state as we're standing in line for food. Oh, look at that, it's true, there's impatience, you know. Um, after this thoughts that we did this afternoon, because, you know, uh, benevolence, kindness, doesn't think in the same way that, uh, you know, comparing mind does, or angry mind does. You know, angry mind tends to be sharp, um, nuance are s often removed, you're like this, you've always been like this, it's always got to be like this, you know. So n becoming aware of thoughts, we might be able to make a link like, oh, this kind of thought <laughs> is that kind of emotion behind, you know, it's driven by that kind of state, you know. It's never going to work out, it's not uh, confidence and hope, you know. So these are some of the uh, indication, I think. There might be others, like your noting is a really good technique for yourself. The way that you actually know <laughs> tells you a lot about what's happening in there, or sometimes. Yeah, how it sounds. Pushing, yeah. Um, something else that just escaped my mind. Um, A drink? <laughs> a drink. Oh, a drink, yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, a drink, a drink can help. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, it'll come back, but uh, these are the, the ways, you know, and the stabilizing of the, uh, of the attention, you know. So we, instead of being busy with all kinds of things, you know, we are actually renouncing a lot of opinions and stories. You know, we're coming very, very simple. And in that simplicity, things will be revealed. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, actually, maybe you don't know exactly the emotion, but there's something you know. You know, it might feel a little off inside. Or, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm triggered in some way. You know, something is activated. Yeah, and that's good enough. You know, just say, ah, there's something, you know. No, but you can say, oh, it's like this right now. It's exactly like this, foggy like this. Or sometimes I will say, um, you know, confused. So for me, for example, it took me years and years, years to recognize fear. I don't know if the upbringing, if it's gender-based or what, but it seemed like in this system there was no fear, it was not acceptable. But through the practice, I would say, like, there's something going on, <laughs> you know? I'm confused. I don't know what to respond to this, to this person. I'm confused, I'm confused. And then at some point, oh, that might be what people call fear, mm -hmm. you know? I'm afraid, that's why I don't know what to respond, you know? It took really long time. And so, and it's okay. So just noticing, ah, there's a kind of vagueness. So vagueness is good enough. And we stay attentive. It's the attention that will reveal. It's not the mind that tries to find the right word. You know? <coughs> it's the kind of, uh, when things come into focus, by the quality of uh, attention. Maybe I'll finish with one, uh, just one little, like, uh, insight of a slightly different nature, but to me that uh, 
it, it might there might be something here that's passed on or that intrigues or so there was um one uh, one woman who was describing after a couple of days uh on the retreat she was saying you know, and everybody reports this, so I keep doing the practice, sit, walk, sit, walk, to the best of my ability. You know. And this person was saying, it was so painful. You know, I would walk, the body in pain, sit, painful, walk painful, sit painful. I kept doing this, but discouraged, doubtful, you know, but I kept to the best of my ability to follow your instructions, the instructions. And on the maybe maybe today, like on the second evening, at some point there was yet another sit, and my whole system was thinking I can't possibly go back there, but because of a conditioning of maybe being a good girl, a student or something, you know, I went back in, and I sat. And I thought, I'm never going to be able to end this sitting. You know, like it's, I'm demoralized, dejected, and it's painful. And she said, I was sitting there and just noticing the pain, the pain. And she said, I want to report this. And often people will describe it like this. That's, uh, I know sometimes, oh, we're onto something because of the wording, the introduction, you know. I'm not sure why I want to tell you. It's kind of ordinary. There's not much to say about it, but I really want to tell you. I'm like, I'm interested. And uh, she said, so I was sitting there, and suddenly, just attending, discouraged, no success at all, you know. And suddenly, my pain became the pain. And nothing changed except my pain became the pain. And then she said, at some point you rang the bell, everybody left, and I couldn't move. There was such peace. And there was pain. That's what I want to report. And I'm so happy I came on retreat. You know, there was this change of view here. We can't will this. But still, it's conditional. It's cause and effect. It's caused by the staying, staying, staying. As the nun 2,500 years ago, you know, this none of the time of at the time of the buddha in this uh, i think in the teragata the poems of the nuns at the time of the buddha and she says i sat and walked as instructed all day i sat and walked no wisdom gained none at night blowing the candlelight everything was understood You know, it seems like it's an insight on uh, impermanence, ephemerality. 
blowing the caps. Kept going, kept going. Moment of attention, moment of attention, moment of attention. No wisdom gain, none. Blowing the candle at night, mind released. Let's sit for a moment. How did I cross the flood without forcing, without abandoning, I crossed the flood? Thank you for your generous attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.